Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplug Roundtable Discussion for August 28, 2007. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined each week by our resident Disney experts, Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. In this week's show, we'll tell you about the top news stories on the Diz, including the latest on Disneyland's ongoing battle to keep low-income housing out of Anaheim. I'll tell you my thoughts on a recent visit to the Bibbidi-Bobbidi Boutique with my young niece, We'll also have a new edition of Stump the Roundtable, where we'll find out just how much our team knows about soap operas. Julie Martin will debut her new segment this week entitled Store Tours, where she'll feature some unique shopping opportunities around Walt Disney World. And Kevin Close will review the Portobello Yacht Club at Downtown Disney in one of the most surprising dining reviews we've had in a long time. All that plus Roundtable Rapid Fire and listener emails on this expanded edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. All right. Well, we have to do our housekeeping first, and uh, as I just mentioned, we are. This is going to be an expanded show. The show is going to be a little longer than our normal shows uh, are, and uh, the reason for that is that uh, we've kind of made a last-minute change to our plans for the next few weeks. Uh, John and Kevin are going to be going on vacation for a couple of weeks, and after Corey and Julie were away in July. I kind of realize that when any of us are missing, it just doesn't work right. It just doesn't feel right. So what we decided to do was kind of a couple of days of marathon sessions of recording a lot of content. And we're going to be doing our show this week. We're going to be putting some new content up next week along with a uh, best of the Diz Unplugged show. And uh, that's for September 4th, September 11th. We're going to do the same thing. And then we'll be back with a regular format on on September 18th. Now, I I know that uh, a few weeks ago I mentioned that in September we were going to be doing our uh, Listener Appreciation Month, that we wanted to say thanks to our listeners for the tremendous amount of support they've given us in our first year of, uh, of doing this podcast, and that we were going to, instead of picking one email winner, uh, at the end of the month, we were going to pick one a week. And uh, what we decided to do instead, though, was to make it more accessible to more of our listeners. Is Actually, this was Corey's idea, and I thought it was a wonderful idea, was to um, actually just let people sign up. Let people sign up uh, on the site to register to win. Put in your email address. We're also going to give you, later on in this show, we're going to give you a passcode that you're going to need in order to register. But uh, once you register, we're going to select our winners. We're going to select two winners each week from uh, from that list, and uh, they'll be, get a chance to pick one of the thirty fabulous prizes that we have on hand here for for our listeners. So I um, I think that's a much better way to do it. And kudos to Corey for coming up with a with a great idea. That's. Uh, that's what we're going to be doing for the next few weeks, and uh, we are going to have some new stuff as well, though. We're going to be doing some surprises with the best of shows. And one of the things I thought, you know, we, we hear a lot about people say that uh, people that have recently found our show, that they don't get some of the inside jokes, some of the jokes that go back and forth between us because they weren't listening or they didn't listen to one of our previous shows. So what I'm going to try and do is, as I put these shows together, um, really try and pick the, uh, the segments that have generated the most inside joke so that everybody can kind of get up to speed quickly without having to listen to all the shows to get it. So I think that'll be cool. Yeah, there'll be a lot of Bob. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of Bob. There's going to be a lot of Kevin. So just uh, 
be prepared. Uh oh. Well, no, I think you know it's a, it's a great idea. One of the shows that we're going to do are the best of restaurant reviews, and uh, we'll be throwing a few new restaurant re- or at least one new restaurant review in in with that. So there'll be some uh, some neat stuff in the next couple of weeks. It's not going to be the normal show, but it will be something different. And I hope you guys don't mind. I know I don't know if any of the other shows, any of the podcasts, take vacations, but we will be. Uh, yeah. So. Well, I'm heading out with Cot Cam during this this uh, hiatus. Hiatus. Not me. I'm going to the beach. Yeah. Yep. John and Kevin are heading heading to Jersey. They're going to the beach yep. to look at the medical waste. Right. People <laughs> come to Florida for vacation. We go to New Jersey for vacation. Right. <laughs> A little backwards. Well, that's where the family is. That's true. So, all right. Well, that'll do it for housekeeping. Let's go ahead and get started with the news this week. Our number three story, La Lucci is coming. Susan Lucci will headline this year's 12th annual ABC Super Soap Weekend, and no one laugh about La Lucci. We She's love going her. to Port St. Lucci, right? We love, <laughs> we love her. Um, she's gonna, gonna, you're standing on me already. 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 Well, we're not going to be doing the show for two more weeks. Well, we, have to get, we have to get two weeks' worth of busting on you in on this show. I have to say this. The, the woman who wrote us from Port St. Lucie, she goes, I just died when Bob said the name of my city. <laughs> you bruises will heal. Relax. <laughs> and for those not following that, that was from last week's show. Bob referred to the city of Port, Port St. Lucie in Florida as Port St. Lucie. But um, now the Emmy-winning Emmy star of All My Children will be joined by stars from other soap operas, including One Life to Live and General Hospital. The Super Soap Weekend features interviews with uh, soap opera stars, as well as celebrity motorcades, autograph sessions, and very likely a strange little man in a cart stalking the soap opera people. That's me. <laughs> the event. Luchi Cam. Luchi Cam. <laughs> Imagine if she ignores me. <laughs> I think the likelihood of that is very high. Uh, the event is being held November 10th through the 11th at the Disney MGM Studios and is free with your admission to the park. For more information on the event, you can check out the information we have on the Diz. We'll have it on our show notes page. Or you can call Disney's Super Soap Hotline at area code 407-397-6808. But uh, I normally, I'm not a soap opera guy. I mean, I used to watch, when I was younger, all my children in the 80s. Fell in love with Susan Lucci. I've always been in love with Susan Lucci. So, and I, I know she's been there before, and I've missed her. But I, I have to. I have to. I think I'm going to have to go this time, and I have to say her. Yeah, see, I was on another channel. Me I, too. I had a crush on Deirdre Hall. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, she. They should feature her. At, no. no, no. Yes, they should. Well, I'm sorry, a, Marlena is, Evans was one of the ABC. greatest characters ever is this, created. Is that an ABC? Uh, NBC. So. Yeah, so right. this is ABC. I know. So it's going to be a problem there. It really makes me mad, though. I'm sorry. No. I'm an NBC CBS La, kind of woman. La, La Lucci is the, is the queen. Is the queen of all soap operas. I want to say that this is a very very popular event. It is yeah. amazingly popular, folks, and it is packed. We've talked about this. They're going to be doing a fast pass type distribution. Yes. Oh for yeah, it was one of my rapid fires. Right. You know, maybe we should uh, maybe we should do something. You know, meet up with some of our listeners if some of you guys are going to be there. Maybe uh, maybe we'll yeah. we'll be there too. Maybe La Lucci listens. Yeah, maybe La Lucci listens. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure she has nothing better to do with the time than listen to us. <laughs> I used to watch General Hospital when Luke, Luke and Laura, Luke and, Laura. and they. They were getting married or something. Yep. Oh, they're yeah. always getting married. They're still that getting was, married. Bob, I can't believe that you used to watch soap operas. Oh, it was. Am I the only one who worked? I never watched. <laughs> one. I broke your pen. <laughs> That's okay. It was yours anyway. <laughs> oh, apparently, I'm the only one who went to work during the day. No, I, <laughs> we watched it at three o'clock. We get sorry. out of work no, and we used to ran over to the bar no, we used and to, watched it. 
You you would go to the bar and watch General Hospital? Yeah, they had it on the TV. <laughs> what kind of bar were you going to? Were there go-go go yeah. boys at this bar? No. Soap. <laughs> no. Soap bar. The spike. No. Well, it was just a regular. The ramrod. <laughs> oh, my God. No, these are, these are the name of, names of real bars in, in the village of New York, so. Uh, that's but, not um, one of the ones I went to. Though. So yeah, if any if any of you are going to be uh, <laughs> planning to attend Super Soap Stop. Weekend, if you're going to be if you're going to be in town, if you're going to be in town November 10th and 11th, let us know. Maybe we'll do something. If enough people are going to be there, maybe we'll uh, lunch. We'll meet up. Lunch at the Brown Derby or something. Peter, I'm sorry. Are you paying? <laughs> oh no, everybody pays for their own. No. I don't want to offend you, but Susan Lucci, she's looking a little Joan Rivers esque. Oh. <laughs> Do not speak ill of La Lucci. <laughs> Do Lucci. not speak ill of her. She always had that Nancy Reagan thing going, the little body and the big head. <laughs> I'm still stuck on the fact that Bob went to the stone wall to watch soap operas. <laughs> yeah, right. It wasn't the stone wall. It was some... Were you one of those drag queens that was rioting no. in 69? Everybody was watching General Hospital back then. They just happened to have it on the TV and we'd we'll get drink history beer. in your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You'll oh, never God. know what you're going to hear when you listen to us. And I am in a, I am in a, I'm in a rare mood today. Oh, I'm in God. a rare mood today. Well, this knee, this damn I'm knee saying. is killing me, and I had to take a pain pill. So, <laughs> whatever you get today, I don't know. But, um, all right, our number two story this week. We're going to talk a little bit about Oklahoma. Uh, a few weeks ago, we told you about Disney's plans to add an exhibit featuring the state of Oklahoma to the American Pavilion at Epcot during this year's Food and Wine Festival. Um, and more, some more details were released last week about the exhibit. Apparently, this is really a, a, a very big deal. Yeah. Um, the state of Oklahoma, throughout the state, they've raised almost a million dollars to uh, put together uh, an exhibit for, for, uh, for the Food and Wine Festival. Uh, and the uh, centerpiece of this is going to be the um, Price Tower, which was designed by uh, Frank Lloyd Wright in 1956. This is apparently a very famous, famous building. And uh, a, a model of that is going to serve as the mercantile area for the exhibit. Hmm. And uh, this is a real departure. I mean, we've talked about it. We talked about it last year. One of our biggest criticisms of Disney was the fact that during the Food and Wine Festival, the American Pavilion was completely ignored. So this concept of, of what they're doing now with Oklahoma by giving a state an opportunity to really showcase itself, I think it's kind of weird that, you know, the state has to raise the money to do it, um, but it's still exciting. For it us. is. Oh, it, it is. is absolutely. Well, I think one of our listeners told us it's Oklahoma's centennial, also. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So, yeah. well, and also, you know, the um, I'm, what I'm hoping though is that this marks a trend now for future in future years that they're going to feature a different state. So I hopefully, mean, for the next fifty years of food and wine festival, we'll see yeah. in a state feature. I want to see. New, I want to see what New Jersey comes up with. <laughs> Well, New Jersey's the Hot Garden dogs. State. It is the Garden State, and I'm I'm, yeah, I, I'm pushing I, for Louisiana next year. <laughs> some gumbos, yeah. But it also is the it also is you know has a lot of refineries, so we may have like you know the medical waste pavilion and the <laughs> the refined oil pavilion and the carjacking pavilion. Are we talking New Jersey or yeah? Okay, here's New that Jersey. refined oil is the salad dressing from Ohana. <laughs> they're using that already. Yeah, they're going to use Nathan hot dogs as their. Food of the f- food and wine, New Jersey. <laughs> that would be New York. Nathan's in New York. Yeah, but Nathan's is up, down on the boardwalk there in Coney Island. Coney- that's, that's Brooklyn. That's New York. That's New York. Yeah, that's not New Jersey. 
I think well, people from New, New Jersey York. get confused on where they're from. No, we don't. Because when I meet, I'm serious. We're, we're, I meet we're, we're, no, Peter. We're. I meet so many people who are actually from New Jersey, and they say they're from New York. Depending on where in New Jersey you're from, if you're from, like especially if you're from like Hudson so County, not, okay. Hudson County, Bergen County, in those areas in the northern part of the state that border on New York. You really – it is like being from New York because you're literally five minutes outside of Manhattan and you're in there all the time. You're back and forth all the time. Uh, like my sister, my sister Barbara and her husband uh, for many, many years lived in Richfield Park, which is in Bergen County. And getting into the city from their, ha- from their house was nothing. You were there in ten minutes. But, you know, they never had a problem saying they were from New Jersey. But I just don't know of any other states that are neighboring states that do that. Like I don't say I'm from Mississippi even though I'm really close to the Mississippi line. Because oh. I wouldn't want to say There's that. also, <laughs> yeah, no offense to you, saying you're from the, you know, saying from, you know, I, and frank, well, frankly, because New Jersey also has, unfairly so, all joking aside, New Jersey unfairly has a reputation as being a dirty state, and it is not. It yeah, is I've one of the most beautiful. It is one of the most beautiful states I think you'll you'll ever see. I mean, the oceans, the southern part of the state, especially central part of the state. Yeah, when you get up by Newark. Newark Airport in particular, there's all those refineries there. It doesn't make us look good. And, of course, you know, years back, the stories of the medical waste floating around the beaches was not doing us any good either. But, you know, the bottom line is, but a lot of people have that that negative impression of New Jersey. So some people, I guess, yeah, would say, I'm from New York because it's a more positive impression. If I didn't live in Florida, New Jersey would be my next choice. (laughs) I'm not kidding. What happens with New Jersey is the place where people pass through is Newark. Yes. And that's probably one of the worst places at least when i was there it was very very industrial and very very dirty and the whole idea of i'm from new york new jersey there's a lot of displaced new yorkers in new jersey they can't afford new york so they've moved over across the hudson so they're close enough to new york to commute to work to do the things they want to do so there are people who say that but true new jerseyites are we're those of us who are really from new york consider them the bridge and tunnel crowd we are we are (laughs) absolutely the bridge and tunnel crowd I, i cannot deny it I cannot deny it. But it would be interesting to see Epcot. I'm, I'm hoping that this is not just a, a fluke or a one-time thing. I think that, you know, especially for the number of people that come to Epcot uh, during Food and Wine Festival that are not from the United States, a chance to see a little bit of our culture beyond Mickey Mouse mm-hmm. probably isn't a bad idea. And beyond chicken fingers. And beyond, exactly. Yeah. As you say, too, the best of our culture, too. You know, I mean, we yeah. joked around about why did they pick Oklahoma and joke around, but you know what? No, I think I, some great it's a great place to start. That's because we're goofs. Yeah. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Oklahoma. I've never been to Oklahoma, but I think it's a, you know, it's a great place to start. I, think I have can, a girlfriend that lives there. She absolutely loves it. And I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. Um, um, yeah. I think it's, it's, I'm more excited about yeah. it since the detail, some more details came out. Well, when, so. I, when I originally brought it, I'm still excited to, to see what's going to go on there. And I mm-hmm. think it'll be great. And Bob will be starring in I'm not gonna the, say Oklahoma. the revival of Oklahoma. Oklahoma, my home. In the cart with the fringe on top. Oh, man. It has no fringe. It will by then. The cart with the fringe on We top. made Peter snort. Oh, you're killing me. You're killing me. All right, number one story this week. The battle over the building of low-income housing just outside Disneyland is still going on and is now in the hands of voters. After failing to reach a compromise between the developer of the project and Disneyland, who was opposed to it, the Anaheim City Council decided last week to allow voters to determine the fate of the project with a special referendum that will be held on June 3rd of next year. 
This is only the latest development in the battle that has been raging between Disneyland and supporters of the housing project for most of this year. At the heart of the issue are plans by a California developer, SunCal, to build 1,500 residential units in an area adjacent to the Anaheim Resort District. And this area is zoned, apparently, for, you know, tourist development. And so it's, 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 it's going to the voters now. It's going to the voters whether or not this is going to actually happen. You the said, voters will decide. You said June of... Next year. Oh, Oh, my oh, well, God. Yeah, June of 08. When will it end? Well, what's going you're going to see is Disney's going to do a lot of lobbying now. Do you want this to the local residents? Do you want this in your area? Here's what it's going to do. Here's all the negative stuff. This gives Disney a chance to really put out that publicity machine. So the voters are going to decide. I'm hoping that the issue dies down for a while. I don't think it will. I think it's because this is actually apparently getting very heated out there. These council meetings have hundreds of protesters showing up at them. Yeah. I mean, people are picketing. People are... You know, there's a, a lot of there's a lot of passion on both sides, so it's uh, it's real interesting. It should be real interesting to see how it how it plays out. But it is still park. going on. I thought the timeshare thing got tabled. Also, I saw some story last week that they they pulled back on the timeshare. No, Kevin's prediction came true a lot quicker than we thought. <laughs> I, I, I could be wrong, but I thought I saw something go by my my eyes. However, the names week. were linked. Yeah. <laughs> So, all right. Well, that will do it for the news for this week. We're going to. Um, oh, you know what? There was one other news story I just happened to catch. I just want to throw this in because um, I th- just thought it was hilarious. Um, Siskel and Ebert, the uh, the movie reviewers, of course. Gene Siskel is is passed away, but Roger Ebert's still around. And I guess ABC must be the the the, the company that they do the show through. Because there's some negotiation going on. Do you know that the thumbs up and thumbs down, uh, they have that uh, copyrighted? That's theirs? No mm. way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And as a result of these negotiate, I guess ABC made a uh, an offer uh, to renew the contract that was really low, and Ebert was... Thumbs down? He was not. He was definitely <laughs> thumbs down, and he, he actually has pulled the rights for Disney or ABC to use thumbs up thumbs down or uh, they can't use it until this is this is settled i just thought that was the most bizarre thing i think that's that's very smart because what they've done is they've they've captured that particular thing for them so people have branded that thumbs up and thumbs down for them where everybody else uses stars and all this other stuff to review a movie and that's become linked to them so why wouldn't they why wouldn't they copyright something like just one of the as i was researching some some news for this week i i I saw that. I'm like, wow, that's yeah. bizarre. Does ABC use that a lot? I don't know. So I don't if know. I went and thumbs up him, he could You're sue in me. Trouble. No, I think <laughs> it's right. <laughs> I, no, I, I believe it's. I believe that the use of it is in the context of movie reviews. Oh, okay. Now, if you were a movie reviewer and you were giving it two big, two th- you know, big mm. thumbs up, then you might have a legal issue. But just the the term itself, no, you can't. You can't copyright. Okay, I was sure. Term, yeah, yeah. But if you if it's a if it's a common term used specifically in conjunction with a, a product and it's branded a certain way and it has rep- it has public uh, recognition right. to you then yes you can copyright that but only in very it's only it only mm-hmm. applies in very limited circumstances you could use other fingers if you want <laughs> yes <laughs> two index fingers pinky up. up pinky up <laughs> or something else yeah 
people have suggested I use some sort of rating system in the restaurant reviews that I do, and I find that very limiting. My refresh, I try to be broader in scope than that, and giving something a couple of this stars. This restaurant gets three Kevins. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> I, I find it very this limiting. This restaurant gets two Krabbies. Three boots. <laughs> there you go. And with that, we're going to move on to rapid fire. <laughs> Who would like to go first this week? I'll go. Go ahead, Julie. Oh. Beat you, Bob. I was just... Okay. I know you couldn't get it out fast enough. Um, the Children, Children's Miracle Network Golf Classic. It's actually replacing the Funai Golf Classic. It's presented by Walmart November first through the fourth. Um, this event is scheduled at Disney's Palm and Magnolia Golf Courses. Practice rounds will take place on October 29th and the thirty first. Oh, through the thirty first. There will be one hundred and forty four PGA Tour professionals and one hundred and forty four amateurs that will play. Also returning this year, um, they have a Ruth's Chris Fairway Club. This gives pass holders unlimited food and drink. A one-day pass is $75, and for two days, it's $150. Um, The general grounds viewing ticket options include a $10 ticket, which is good for one day for practice rounds, the 29th through the 31st, a $30 ticket, which is good for one day during the tournament, um, any day between November 1st through the 4th, and then also a $50 ticket, which is a weekly badge, which gives you access from October 29th through November 4th. Um, they also feature a kid zone at the Magnolia course. Um, this is for children age 17 and under who are accompanied by a ticketed adult. It features video games and things like that to keep them entertained. That's cool. And any other information, you can find it online at Children's Miracle Network Classic.com or call Ch- Children's Miracle Network, um, 407-824-2250. Well, that's a much better cause for a golf classic than Funai. I agree, too. Yeah. So I thought that was a good... So I think that's great. A good piece of information. I'm, yeah. glad, I'm, I'm glad that's the route they went. I'm glad that's the yeah. route they went. Actually, it was over. I played golf at the Magnolia course this, this past week. Oh, really? Yep. And uh, What did you shoot? I, I shot par. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm good. Um, <laughs> that's I shot par. That's impressive. Well, I cheated, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just going to say, did you keep score? I, no, I play Bob Golf. You have to understand Bob Golf. <laughs> Bob Golf. What, well, you throw let's the just ball? Say, let's just say this. Uh, we went out as, there were three of us, and they uh, partnered up a, a fourth player who was actually a cast member. From Disney, and I think his eyes were ready to bleed by about the thirteenth, fourteenth hole. I mean, Bob Golf is there's no rules in Bob Golf. Oh, so Bob Golf is like Bob Life, right? Well, you should have seen his eyes when I first and time Bob driving. Yeah, well, Bob Golf is you can tee the ball up in the fairway. So, and for people that play golf, that's that's sometimes a no-no, but. He was very good about it, and we had fun. I mean, Bob Golf is out there. So to play you really fun. didn't shoot par; you mm. shot. I shot par. So it's basically like it's, playing basketball. I pay the money. <laughs> well, I pay m- the money, no and I, I score what I want. Instead of yelling four, he yells Bob. Bob. <laughs> but it's we, we like had a good we had a good round. It, it's like when I play miniature golf with my little sister, and, you know, it's like three shots, and she hasn't made it to the hole yet. I'm like, you can start over. It's okay. <laughs> but, you know, last week we reported about the, the golf carts having the, the screens and, and that for the letting you know where it was, and it really did help out. It lets you know where the golfers in front of you are and the golfers in back of you are. Wow. And you can actually watch how many yards away the golf cart is in does front it, of you. So, does it help you locate your balls? 
know I know where mine are, so <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. And uh, but it it gives I you got the, a look for saying nipples. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it t- it gives you the how far away from the water you are, different landmarks up ahead of you, and everything. So it's really cool uh, the way the card is, and uh, it also yells at you when you get too close to the to the green, and says back up now, back up now. You're wow. not listening to me. Back up now. You're not listening, and and then it. Is just, it like nasty? Is it in Diana's voice? That would be great. So, but we had. You know, we had fun playing Bob Golf. Diana is Bob's wife, by the way. Yes. And I'm sorry, it's Diana. 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 Get it right. So I just thought I'd throw that in. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you, Julie, and thank you, Bob, for the addendum. Uh, Corey. I actually saw this on our local news channel. I thought it would be something uh, cool to bring up to the parents out there with small children. It's actually a website called tattoos.org, um, T-O-T-T-O-O-S.org. It's, it's temporary identification tattoos for your children. Now, um, it's basically you just put your the number, like, if lost, please call this mm-hmm. number. And I thought it was a really good idea for, for parents. You know, I, I know there's a lot of ways to identify your children. There's a thing called a shoe ID where you can kind of attach this thing to your kid's shoes. But this is one cool thing that, you know, the kids can't really take off. And I think it's cool. I think the kids would think it was cool having it. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the temporary tattoos they sell. Right. Every place you go. Yeah. I think this is cool, but he's got a picture of it, and it's just um, a little identification. You can put your cell phone number on it. So if a kid gets lost in the park, they can find the parent. I think that's great. What's your parent's name? I mean, that was great. I mean, when we had the grandchildren down, that fear of losing the kids in the park, it it just comes back to when I was, you know, being a parent myself, and it was like, oh, my God. And then... They put me in charge of watching the two of them at once, and they both went in different directions at the same time. Oh. It was like, oh my god! And you're always worried yeah. about that. So petrified. Yeah, I, I, that's a great idea. Anything. You need a monkey on their back. You need a, ex- absolutely. And I wish I had two monkeys for the for the grandkids. You guys haven't seen those? Oh god! They're no. little monkey backpacks with a really long tail, so yeah. you hold on to the tail so you never lose your kid. Yeah. I I've seen used, them all over the park. I could have used a couple yet. of monkeys. No, I haven't seen that. Yeah. So they have all kinds of... Anyway, risk. back to his anyway. tattoos. <laughs> yeah, you're just like hijacking everybody's rapid fire. <laughs> they should have let me go first. Well, um, th- these are also... You can also use these for medical and special needs, um, for like Alzheimer's, uh, seizures, disorders, diabetes, and you know anything with severe allergies. I think it's also a good idea. The um, You get five identical custom tattoos with two personalized lines. Um, removable towelettes, and the price is fourteen ninety five plus a ship uh, three dollars shipping. So it's 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 not bad. I think it's something something pretty cool. That's if we had a small cool. child, we'd probably do that. Yeah. That's cool. You're gonna yeah. be such a good dad. I know. <laughs> Kids gonna have all these tattoos. All over. <laughs> I get one of those a monkey for... on his back. <laughs> uh, I'm with stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Mr. Martin, Mr. Close. Mine has to do with. Uh, our adventure trying to go to the Pirate and Princess party the other night, which we're going to talk about later. But um, we had tickets to Friday night's Pirate and Princess show, or Pirates and Princess party. I don't know if any of you have heard, but uh, Orlando had a freak storm. Uh, we're all used to the regular storms that happen here in Orlando. Friday night was as close to a hurricane as you can get without being a hurricane. 
Yeah, it was, it, bad. it was bad, and the lightning was really horrific. It was just dangerous. So we went to guest services and found that if you have tickets to a hard ticket event and you decide not to partake of the event, you can trade them in for tickets to another hard ticket event. We turned our Pirate and Princess tickets into Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party tickets. You have to go to the park of choice. In this case, it was the Magic Kingdom. You have to go to guest services there. You can't do it at a guest services elsewhere in on, in the world. But they were very nice about it and turned them into uh, Halloween tickets for us. That was because of the rain, though. Well, I have also, a- if, if someone can't make it because of illness, they're very flexible. Yeah. There's, it's oh, not, okay. not refundable and non-transferable. Okay. But you can... You know, you can't just go up and get your money back, but you right. can say, I'd like a ticket for another event. The other nice thing, too, is if you don't exactly know what event you're going to go to, you can pick a future event and then change that as well. Because as I said to him, I said, well, I don't know where I'm going to be in October. He said, well, just pick a date, and if you're going to then can't make that, you can change it for another See, one I, of those. I think that's awesome. That's yeah. a great policy. That's a great policy. The only problem is, is you know, it's easy for us because we're here. If people aren't here, that's tough. it makes it a little tough. Mm-hmm. You can change, though, the ones that you do get um, by calling Disney Guest Services and online and stuff like that. So that's a help. But like if you're if you're just here on vacation and you can't get to the Magic Kingdom that day and or during your your stay and you can't make it, it's no one should one. have been out on Friday night. The lightning strikes yeah. around no. on and around Disney property were bad enough that no one should have been outside. And, yeah. and like I said, there was no way after spending two hundred dollars on yeah. my niece's uh, Bibbidi Bobbidi boutique experience, there was no way. Can I was I, taking her out in the rain. Know, put a poncho on yeah, her. We got th- like three <laughs> That's three eventually what we had to do just to go to dinner. Yeah. Just to go to the rainforest. We had to wait for it to like let up a little bit. Yeah. We had a poncho on her. And- Can I just say that um, I read somewhere recently that if you are out and about and you hear lightning... If you thunder. Can, or hear thunder, excuse me, or see lightning, I apologize. I'm going to start that over. If you're out and see, thun- or see lightning and you count <laughs> and you don't get to 30... Before you hear the thunder, you should take cover. It means you are within the strike zone. If you can not get to the number 30 before you actually hear the thunder after seeing the lightning, that you should head for um, substantial cover if you can, that you are in an area that could be dangerous. They're saying that that old fallacy of, you know, for every time, every second you count, you're a mile away or something like that. That's not true. If you can... If you can hear the thunder, if you can see the lightning, especially in Florida, get inside. Actually, you know, when, when I worked at Blizzard, that was the way we would determine whether the park was getting shut down or not. They would send one of us up to the top of the mountain uh, and count. count with a, after you with hit a long the, metal pole in your hand. is not charred, okay. You know, you're sitting all the way to the top of the summit, and you're looking at lightning, and then you're counting until you hear the thunder. And, you know, if, if you reach a certain... You know, I think 20 seconds is what they use. I could be wrong. They probably upped it now, but and then that's probably just. Cons- and how, how long did it take you to get down once you got to that 20 second mark? Well, then you have to wait for everybody that's on top of them. Oh, you're the last down. one down. Oh yeah, kind of like the captain of a ship. <laughs> who, who gets that job? <laughs> oh, the captain gets yeah, that job. The captain of the ship and getting paid six fifty an hour. <laughs> right. Right. The captain gets to go up there. Yeah. Right. It's just something to keep in mind if you're oh, out. It is. Yeah, it can true. be dangerous. It's you know. I'd like everybody to be safe. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. John. My rapid fire is that we know that Disney Magic is going to be in Dry Dock next year, September 6th through September 20th of 2008. Um, This is in case you're trying to plan your vacation for next year and your cruise for next year. This is going to be right after it comes back from 
the West Coast after its Panama Canal crossing cruise. There's going to be a, a special five-night Bahamian cruise is what they're calling it. And after that, it's going to be in dry dock. So keep an eye on that September 6th through September 20th, 2008, if you're looking to sail on the Disney Magic next year. Cool. Thank you very much, John. And my rapid fire is Velvet Sessions at Hard Rock at Universal Orlando, the Hard Rock Hotel, um, August 30th, last Thursday of the month. Naked Eyes is the, uh, is the group. And if you were a child of the 80s, you would remember the song Always Something There to Remind Me. That's the only one of their songs I knew. Promises, Promises. Promises, Promises. That's another one. Uh, admission is $25 per person and does include complimentary specialty drinks and hors d'oeuvres from 6.30 to 8.30. And admission is only for those 21 years of age and older. And this is a, uh, a dress-to-impress event. So you want to come in your, in your best threads. Now that song's in my head. Always something that remind me. Yeah, I've had I can it in, hear the I, music and everything. Ever since. <laughs> yep. So that's mine. Mr. Varley. Pete, uh, my rapid fire is I went to Epcot yesterday and I saw the Muppet Mobile Lab. And this thing is really impressive. It's a, they took a Segway uh, vehicle and they have put two Muppet characters on the Segway. They have the Professor um, Bunsen Honeydew. Bunsen Honeydew, right. And his able assistant, Beaker. I love Beaker. Yep, I know. This, this debuted Beaker. earlier in the year out in uh, Disneyland. And uh, what, it, what it was was it looks like a rock, rocket ship lab. And uh, Dr. Bunsen Honeydew sits up front and then Beaker sits in back. And Beaker's like... He's like pedaling a bicycle. Like he's propelling it, like he's making it go right. forward. like he's trying to make it go forward. And uh, the the professor, or Dr. Bunsen, uh, tells him to pedal faster. Uh, I saw, uh, saw some video on this on YouTube. It's... Uh, the technology is amazing. The interaction with the audience is spot on. And did you say see the um, dinosaur when they had Lucky the Dinosaur? No, I saw photos of it. Going yeah. around. But I guess yeah. it doesn't really It was kind of one of those things where you looked at it and you said, okay, you can tell someone's in there driving it and that's how it's doing its thing. This thing, you, you can't see anybody. You can't see, there's nobody there. So it's all done remotely. It's all done with a camera and they're interacting with you. It's amazing. And it, it actually interacted interacted with me uh, I found out where it was coming out from backstage and that's over between interacted with you or tried to avoid you well <laughs> kind of like well, no, people were trying to figure out what the attraction which one was the actual attraction the Bunsen honeydew or Bob on the cart <laughs> What's well, propelling that thing? <laughs> it's interacting it with life well, they did make comments about how fast I was uh who the the Muppets? The Muppet Doctor. The Muppets yeah, were talking. Doctor Bunsen Honeydew mm -hmm. mentioned, "Wow, look how fast he goes!" And we ha I I actually shot some video. And While the people watching were laughing. Well, this was <laughs> over in the backstage area. He, it actually right now they have it coming out between the Land Pavilion and um, 
Imagination. Imagination. I didn't want to screw that name up. Thank you. Yeah, imagination's hard. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one. Imagination. But it comes out from backstage there, and it actually travels all the way across past interventions, east and west, and ends up over. Is that where Lindsay Lohan is? <laughs> I'm not sure, but it, it ends up... Depending on how far you're gone, determines which side, east or west. Yeah. <laughs> you're in the west coast or the east coast. So it it ends up, uh, it goes through the crowd and just says, clear the way, and you know makes all kinds of comments as it's going across. And over near Mission Space, there's a new sign that tells you the times for the different... Uh, Park events like Test Track and all that. Well, right there is where they do the show. And they do like a, it's like a 10 minute show and they do interacting. And so I, I actually shot the whole show on video that I, I got to get you to. Hey, so what sort of put rapid up. fire didn't you get? <laughs> I was just going to say, we need to rename this. <laughs> rapid well, segment. Was, rapid segment. Uh, but. It it's really amazing, and um, is there any schedule of when they come out? Is there anything posted as like he'll come no, out every hour? Every, it was every half hour to an hour. I mean, I missed the show like at twelve twelve thirty or so, and it didn't come back out till two, and then it didn't come back out again after that for the day because it was just raining. They probably can't schedule because it's. Based so, on rain but and things like that. Ask, if you ask some of the people that are hanging around, uh, they should be able to give you a, a time. When they'll come out. When they come out. You okay. know one of my favorite guest interaction things they have in the park is the talking trash can. Like they, you, know, you ever oh, see yeah. it in Tomorrowland yeah. and they do it at Animal Kingdom? Yeah. It's yeah. hilarious. It's I could sit there all day and watch it. Cute. All right. Well, thank you, Bob. And thanks, everybody. That'll do it for Rapid Fire this week. And uh, since... Uh, since people were making fun of La Lucci, <laughs> um, I'm going to punish you. Are you stumping us? I'm stumping you. <gasps> but it's, it's about soaps. Stump the round table. <laughs> oh, I'm out. Screwed. Oh, Bob will do well. <laughs> yeah, because he used to go to I gay want, bars and watch TV. I, <laughs> no, I didn't go to I gay bars. bars. I went to a bar. Oh, sorry. I want you to name ten soap operas that are no longer on the air. The Poor Edge of Charles. Night. Okay, well, hold on. Wow. My lord. Dark shadows. Julie is excited over here. She's jumping up in her chair. Dallas Dynasty. Not oh. landing. Are you talking about daytime soaps or nighttime soaps? He didn't say, Julie, don't don't muddy the water. I will accept I will accept either. And let's go one at a time. So, Julie, you said... Uh, I said Port Charles. Port Charles. Port Charles. Uh, that is correct. That yes. went off the air in 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to really impress me? How many episodes was there? Port Charles, not many. I'm going to say I didn't think it lasted very long. 1997 to 2003. Well, that's not very long for a soap. Right, but how many Most episodes? Most soaps are like 20, 30 years. So I'm going to say... Oh, I got one. I can't do that much math in my head that fast. So 900 episodes? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I don't know. 1,670 episodes. Oh, I got one. Close. I got one. <laughs> and, well, hold on. Hold on. Damn. Kevin, you had you had one. Edge of Night. Oh. Edge of Night. Do you see? Edge of Night. I said Indeed. it already. Oh. It's not like you thought of it. When did Edge of Night go on the air? 1875. No. 1855. No. When when, when did it go on? I have no idea. I can tell you the oldest soap opera on the air. air. I don't know that either. Okay. 1956 to 1984. How many episodes of uh, of that? 3,712. Ooh, not even close. 
7,420. I was going to say Oh, that. I was in half. Sense. I cut it in half. Do you know the oldest soap opera on the air? No. As the world turns. Oh. It's I been on since that. the radio days. Mm-hmm. From 1956. How many, How many episodes? Oh, I don't know. All right. So we've got, we've got three. What else? What else? Oh, um, That's three. Dark Shadows. Dark Shadows. He said well, Dynasty. Kevin did. 1966 to 1971. Dark Shadows, yeah. Dallas. Dallas, of course. That was one of my favorites. And um, Knott's Landing. Knott's Landing. Falcon Crest. Oh, my gosh. I remember that, too. <laughs> How about some uh, not nighttime ones? Oh, not nighttime. It's harder for me. Passion. It's still on the air, buddy, and it's horrible. As the world turns? How about, there, you <laughs> know, the there, was, there, was oh, a major, there was a major... As the world turns, problem. it's still on the air. It's still on the air, but there is... Uh, there is another that is no longer on the air that was on the air for many, many years. Went off in 1999. Was on CBS, I believe. Mm. There is another. Another. Another world. Another world. world. Oh, yeah. Another world. 1964, I never watched that, 1964 to 1999. 8,891 Ray really episodes. Ray used to be on that show. Really? Really? Uh-huh. God, I can't stand so. Meg Ryan was how about, on uh, How about from uh, John, Corey, and Bob? We have uh, Julie. Oh, oh, I am so out of this. Oh, come yeah, on, I Corey. Cannot. Okay, it's like Fan me and self. the astronauts. Corey is not going to know anything. I cannot stand. I, uh, he much. hates it when I watch. The thing it. was, I had a night job. I, I worked at night at that point in my life, and oh, so you watch TV during they, the day. And, you know, it's after the Price is Right. People not die, there, come back to life. There was another cousin. one. It's not. I thought there was another piece. Well, let me give you a few more. It's uh, not Port Charles. But. How about uh, Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero? Oh, I watched that till it ended. Those are soap operas? Yeah. yeah All those that. shows are considered soap operas. Well, then how about Buffy the Vampire Slayer? <laughs> is that a soap opera? <laughs> no, okay, yeah, I sure, don't whatever. know. No, the only one I know. Melrose, Melrose Place, Place is another one. Yeah. Oh, okay. The short-lived Pacific Palisades. Yeah, I didn't watch that. Um, how about uh, from the 60s, going way by Peyton Place? I've heard of that. What about, oh yeah, how about Route 66? That's not a soap mm. opera, it was a... Is Models Inc. on your list? Models Inc. That yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. 1994 to 1995. Oh, man. I'm trying to think of another one. Oh, and you're incorrect. The uh, the oldest. The it's old- not Asphalt Turns? No, it is not. Is it it is The Guiding Light. Light. Oh, 1937. Man. 1937 and 1955 on radio. 1952 to present on television. I mean, you know, I think I knew Light. that and I got them backwards. So... My grandmother. I used to watch those with my grandmother. One of my all-time favorites launched Billy Crystal's career, Soap. <gasps> yeah. Soap. 1977, 1981. Captain Kangaroo. So. That's not a soap opera, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Kangaroo. Oh, Lord help me. <laughs> All right. If so. we're just going to name shows, I can win. <laughs> I didn't know that was the rules. <laughs> the only soap opera I can name is My favorite General nighttime Hospital. soap right now is Desperate Housewives, and it sounds like it's going to be a great that, season. That's a soap uh-huh. Come on. Well, they better because and their ratings drama. Their, their ratings dumped pretty bad last uh, <laughs> ratings dumped pretty bad last year, so they need to do something. Uh, and last last season was better than the season before. Not ratings wise. But according to me. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Julie gives it five thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So she we can. talked about we stumped you on soap operas. Now this will this be a little bit easier. I think more of you can participate. Since we're going to be Why doing, are you looking at me? I'm just looking at everybody. Oh, okay. Paranoid. <laughs> um, uh, why are you looking at me? Unfortunately, it does that to random people in the theme parks. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, did you know I watch soap operas in bars? 
since we're going to <laughs> <laughs> one soap opera um, just during the time when they were having the wedding stuff. Yes, of course. Drink so we're going to be talking about the uh, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, and I thought, uh, you know, discussion of princesses. <laughs> Who are the eight official Disney princesses? Princess Aurora, Sleeping Cinderella, Beauty. Sleeping Beauty. Cinderella, correct. Snow White. Belle. Snow White. Ariel. Belle. Ariel. Jasmine. Correct. That's Who's counting? Going over my, oh, my head. Oh, oh, uh, Stitch. Uh, no. What's no, no, Lilo is not a princess. Pocahontas. Correct. Pocahontas. One more. Mulan. Mulan, correct. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And who is the, uh, who's the next one to, uh, next one, next princess? Go ahead, Kevin. Is that right? Giselle. 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 But isn't there another one called Maddie? Yeah, but uh, well, she's not done. She's animated. I think it's Princess Tiana is what the Princess and the Frog. Oh, they had said her name was going to be Maddie. Yeah, they, yeah. the early releases yeah. were going to be Maddie. Yeah, is it I'm, Tiana? I'm seeing, uh, it's what that's what the, where I, where, I, where I came up with was Princess Tiana. Tiana. I don't think she's coming out till next summer. Princess Giselle comes out at Christmas. I don't know. Oh, okay. Thanksgiving. I don't know if Giselle's going to be considered in that genre because I think they're looking at. She's only like Disney animated princesses. for like what she's ten minutes. Eleven. Well, you you all have a. Uh, <laughs> You all, you all have a, uh, a an assignment for when Homework. we come back. When we come back in September, September seventeenth. Julie's writing it down. Thanks for oh, the eighteenth. <laughs> you could tell she's sat in the front row in class. You're gonna go. <laughs> yeah, we would have beat her up. Can you send me an email with the notes from what he says now? Leave me alone. Okay. Um, what you guys are gonna do is you're gonna go take the uh, which Disney princess are you quiz. Hmm. I'm Ursula the Sea Witch. <laughs> I'm Cinderella. Well, I want to be Aurora. So, well, now you have to take the quiz and see who you really are. What does that mean, quiz? You have to take the Disney print. Which Disney princess are you? Quiz. It's online. I'm going to give you the URL, and we're going to give it to everybody else too. So, oh, good. I want to see what Disney princess Bob is. You princess can do this Boo. in bars. <laughs> now you can only you can only be the eight princesses listed. Yes, correct. Okay. Well, that's that's all that's uh, all that the uh, the quiz allows. All so, right. Shabuti, you'll be Princess Boot. Very interesting. So, there's also a isn't there a quiz that says what Disney character are you most like? Yep, you could be like Mickey or somebody like I'm that. I'm definitely Donald. So, are you going to give out the URL? Yeah, are you going to say it on air? Uh, no, it's too long. Oh. I'll have a, I'll have oh, a link to it. I'll have a link to it on the show notes page. So, in that case, let Bob say it. <laughs> <laughs> Only I can, once. I can put it in my rapid fire for next week. All right, uh, we're going to move on. I'd like to uh, discuss. Uh, my experiences the other day over at the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. Uh, my five-year-old niece Bridget is a typical little girl, typical little five-year-old girl. Loves her princess stuff. She also loves, you know, Tonka trucks and Matchbox cars. But she's she's a princess through and through. <laughs> so I thought it would be a great opportunity to do something really cool with her, um, give her that kind of experience, and also you know give me some reference for what this is. We get a lot of questions about the boutique uh, in email. And we've talked about it a number of times in the last few months on the show. So I wanted to see what it was all about. And I'll have to admit that going in, my expectations were set pretty high. Um, you basically have two choices when you go into the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. You can spend $49 or you can spend $179. So that's it. Those are your two choices. Um, the $49 package is hair and makeup, nothing else. The $179 package is the hair, the makeup, and the dress and the shoes and the crown and uh, a portrait photo and a number of other things. I'm going to go into more detail on that. But my 
my expectations were pretty high, $179. And the first thing I was shocked to find out, I don't know why, I just automatically assumed that this would be a real hair salon, that actually they would be not just styling the hair, but cutting the hair. They do not cut the hair at the boutique. There is no hair cutting going on. This is all makeup and styling. And we brought Bridget in, and, and we brought – it's a very small space, I also have to mention. It's a very, very small it space, is. and it was packed, packed. Now, they tell you when you make the reservation that only one adult is allowed to be with a child. Uh, it is not enforced, <laughs> not even close. Um, most, pe- most chairs had at least two people, two parents standing around. Add to that the fact that you have uh, two, usually have two uh, makeup artists or, you know, whatever, whatever they're called, beauticians, uh, working on the girls at, uh, at the same time. It's, there's a lot of people in this very, very small space. So it does, become, it does become crowded quickly. But brought Bridget in, and they were all ready for her. And they sit, put her up in the chair, and they just pull her hair up, and they put something around her neck, and they just prep her. And then they take her down, and Lisa and Bridget, they walk them over to a dressing room. And I love the way they do this. They open the dressing room door, and they have her dress and the crown and the shoes and everything all beautifully laid out. And she just lit up. How cool is okay, that? Okay, so that you know that began like, oh wow. Okay, that's really cool. <laughs> so did you? Uh, was the princess you picked? You decided that beforehand. Yes, yes. You decide which princess you want to be, and uh, I believe uh, they do not do. Uh, I don't believe they do Pocahontas or Mulan. I believe it's Belle, Ariel, uh, Princess Aurora, Cinderella, and Snow White are your options. And they ask you the um, dress size ahead of time too. Um, I'm imagining, yeah. Okay. And yeah, you give them all the information when you make the reservation. Okay. And then it's ready for you. Mm-hmm. And so Lisa took her into the dressing room, and they put the dress and everything on, and she comes out, and she's just beaming. I mean, it's just... Which princess was she? Cinderella. Okay. Cinderella, her favorite color is blue. Everything has to be blue right now. And so it's absolutely Cinderella. And so then, they, you know, once she's dressed, they put her up in the chair again. They put the, the, the cape on her, and um, they begin working on her. And when I say they begin working on her, they worked on my niece for 45 minutes. This was not an in-and-out, wham-bam deal. They were meticulous in everything they did, and they were wonderful with her. I, I mean, one of the girls actually sat there for a little while and read to her. Hmm. And well, I mean, and Bridget's very good. Bridget's one of those kids. She will sit still, and she's very good, and she was there. But the, the, the girls, that really struck me more than anything right away, how good these girls were with not just my niece. I'm watching them. With all these other girls, and a lot of the girls that were in there were a bit older than Bridget. They were 9, 10, 11, and these women were just phenomenal. It was really impressive to watch how they how they handled these kids. So that was really good. Well, I think, and I don't want to interrupt you, part of the price you're paying is also for, it's an experience. It's an absolutely an experience. Right, so it's not just, here's your dress, here's your makeup, get out. Right. It's supposed to be a whole day of beauty, quote unquote. Exactly. exactly. They are made to feel like a princess, it sounds like. Precisely. So they're doing her hair, and they, uh, they do put a lot, I will say, they put a lot of product in the hair, okay? There's an enormous amount of hairspray and whatever else to keep the hair styled, but it's like, I mean, it looks like a, a helmet was put on the head. <laughs> it's probably like when you get married. 
<laughs> and I mean, and they do. I mean, they put uh, you know uh, eyeshadow on. They gave her a little bit of, of rouge for her cheeks. They put, and again, this is all very tastefully done. They don't walk out of there looking like streetwalkers. Um, it's all really, really tastefully done. I was because I was a little worried when I saw them going to like put the lip gloss on. I'm like, okay, she's five years old. I don't right. necessarily know that I want her look. But she's not working the pole, right? Exactly. And it wasn't like that at all. It was so tastefully done. And so we, um, and and like I said, she's sitting there and she's just having this. She's smile. The smile was on her face the entire time. She just couldn't couldn't believe it. She was overwhelmed. She was overwhelmed by it. So did she know about this going in? You know, Lisa, my sister Lisa had told her that we were going to do the princess thing. But, you know, really, she had no, no idea real what concept to expect. of yeah. what she was going into. And now I had bought her, I had bought her a princess outfit, I guess it was last year, maybe the year before, that she has worn virtually every day since I bought it for <laughs> her. And the shoes no longer fit her. And, but she still, like, squeezes her feet. Into the shoes, her heels are sticking out the back. So one of the like the ugly stepsisters, yeah. You know, she was uh, she was most excited about the shoes. The minute she saw the shoes, she was like, "Mommy, can I put the shoes on? Mommy, can I put the shoes on?" (laughs) Um, So, and they put like uh, they'll put glitter in the hair, and then they put some some glitter around the face, and they'll put a um, like a little uh, I don't know what they're called. They're like uh, uh, it's like a sticker that goes on the skin. It's like a beauty mark, like a beauty mark type of thing, and. When she's done, I mean, the transformation is amazing. The before and after is just, it's its a professional makeup job. I mean, it's really, its they're being professionally made up as princesses. And she gets out of that chair and it's its breathtaking. It was, I mean, as an uncle, <laughs> you know, I was just like, oh my God. All right, at this point, it's already worth it. But fortunately, with the package, with the $179 package, is also included a portrait shoot that's done over at uh, Guest Services, right next to Girardelli's. Mm. And they have a portrait area set up. And they give you, I may get this wrong, I know you get one, it's not a 5 by 7 a 6 by 6 by 8 or 6 by 9 6 by 9 you get one 6 by 9 photograph, you get four 5 by 7s And... You can pick out which ones you want. So you can have, you know, one picture is one five by seven, another picture is another mm. five by seven, and then another picture yet as your six by nine. Do you any wallets? So, wallet size? well, no, no. This is just what comes with the package. Oh, okay. It's a twenty nine, it's a thirty dollar uh, package that's included with your one seventy nine that you pay for the boutique. And again, the photographer that was working with her was one of these women who was just had the patience of a saint, obviously, because she's posing children all day, took the most wonderful pictures of her. Absolutely stunning, stunning pictures. Oh, I also, I failed to mention when, you, when we were done at the boutique, they gave her a bag, a shopping bag, and in the shopping bag was a makeup kit with all the makeup they used to do her face, huh. some glitter, a brush, um, like the lip liner, and there was something. Oh, there was something else in there, like the home version of the game, basically, basically. <laughs> and so at the at the at the and especially after I saw the pictures and everything, when I looked at this overall, I because I, I was worried. Like I said, going in at one hundred and seventy nine dollars, I was worried that this was not going to be this is going to be a ripoff. 
that I was basically doing this for my niece. And I got to tell you, it really was worth every penny. Even when you just break out the elements, the amount of time they spend with her in the chair, how they make her look, the kind of makeup job they do, the fact that you get this makeup kit when you're leaving, that you get these professional portrait pictures, and that's all included for $179 plus tax. And you remember, you're getting a, you're getting a dress, you're getting you know, the whole outfit, it's the whole nine yards. And I was surprised to learn when I asked one of the girls that worked there, I said, well, you know, how many people do the full package? She said, virtually everyone. Now the um, so I would think so. Now the portrait photos are those also included on the photo pass? If you wanted to order yes. more when you get yep. home, yeah, well, yep. Okay, and that's the the photo passes. Um, yeah, those portraits are on the photo pass. See, now the original plan was that we were going to go in the afternoon to the boutique and have Bridget done, go have a bite to eat, and then head over to the Magic Kingdom that night for the Pirate and Princess party. Unfortunately, as Kevin mentioned earlier, uh, the weather really didn't cooperate. It was. Horrendous. And, yeah, this wasn't drizzle. You know, and my sister, my sister was like, "Oh, you know, let's let's just, you know, let's head over to wherever we're going to eat." And I looked at her and I said, "I just spent two hundred dollars on a makeup job <laughs> on that kid. She ain't going anywhere near water for a while." It's actually funny because we drove in that night and we said, "All these poor people," because we know not only that, not only going to Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique and having the kid done up, but there are a lot of people who dress their kids up, a lot of boys in pirates' outfits, and you just thought, how sad. All these kids are out there getting soaked. Yeah. Well, There's a thread on the disboards. This one lady posted that she drove in from Jacksonville with her kids specifically for this party, for them to go to this party. Oh. And I talked about how you can change your tickets to another event, but that that that's great financially. But how do you tell your two kids in the back seat, listen, this isn't going to happen because yeah. Yeah. you know I don't want you washed away. Well, I do have two things that bothered me. There were only two, th- two aspects of this that bothered me. Um, the first, and I actually made a point of mentioning this to the manager because I was stunned. When I assumed that when I paid, went to pay for the, for the whole thing, that like you would in any other salon, that you would have the charge and a place to leave a tip. Mm-hmm. They do not allow these women to take tips. I was going to ask you that. And I understand that Disney has, has certain restrictions on where, and I understand the need for it, to have restrictions on where tips are given. But there are places where it is socially acceptable, it is considered part of of of, of the uh, service charge to tip. You do that with hairdressers. You do that with waiters. You do that with valets. You do that with bellmen. Disney allows all those people, because there are hair salons on property. There are valets on property, waiters on property. Um, Disney allows these people to get tips. Yeah, see, I have a look at this from a different point of view. We talk about the fact that Disney just keeps raising prices at every turn and nickel and diming us to death. This, to me, is a nice thing where you're getting that level of service that we come to expect from Disney, and they're telling you, no, you've paid enough for it. We have a supermarket here in the area of Publix. The, the people that carry your bags to your car are not allowed to accept tips either. It says all over the store, no tipping allowed. That level of service is expected from all employees. And I think that's, I think in my opinion, that's kind of a kudos to Disney that they're telling you that, listen, you've already paid enough for this. I think... I don't think that's what they're telling us. I think it has more to do with uh, potential tax liability because cash, that, yeah. cash tips... Uh, are n- almost uniformly never claimed, um, and I think that ha- those policies have more to do 
with tax and legal implications, and they have to do with, I think anyway, have to do with you've already paid enough for this. Do those words in any regard, either actually or implied, will never leave the mouth of any Disney person. Because of that, that one, you've it, already paid enough. That was my. That's my first. That's really my only complaint with that experience. Overall, the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique is an absolute first class example of Disney doing it right. It was a wonderful experience, even though it was a very crowded uh, environment, and I think they should, could stand to make it a little bigger. And but. It was absolutely worth every penny, and the experience my niece had was priceless. I can't put a price tag on it. I can't put a price tag on what she looked like. How long was the experience overall, roughly? We were in there for just over an hour. Okay. We were in there for just over an and hour. And that included the photo shoot, too? No, that did not include the photo shoot. That was the time we were actually in the boutique. Okay, so it's about an hour. It was about then- an hour, and then... Um, I would say for the photo shoot and getting your and picking out your pictures, that was probably another half an hour. Okay. So, just you know, so I would I would definitely I would definitely allow um, at hours. least if you're going to do the whole thing, if you're going to do the whole package, uh, you definitely need to block out a couple hours uh, to make sure that you have enough time. But overall, I like I said, it was a magnificent experience. I can highly recommend it to anybody who thinks that their 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 child might might enjoy it. And uh, we have uh, links. We'll have links on the show notes page for more information on how you can uh, make a reservation for it. But really and truly, if you want to, if you want to just have a an amazing experience, a, a great Disney experience, this is a this is a great way to do it. So there are far worse things you could spend two hundred dollars on at Disney World. All right, we're going to uh, move along, and I think uh, Mrs. Martin, you have a new segment you're going to. Are we gonna, ready? The very first segment for store tours. Store tours. <laughs> Um, we, I have to come up with some music. Yeah, I'll dun, put some dun, dun, music. Dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> Just make the cash register sound. <laughs> no, you know the Pink Floyd song. They do the ching in it. Another brick in the wall. Yeah, you know no, that no. noise. No uh, money. Yeah, it goes ching. You know I can't do it, <laughs> but anyway. Correct. Well, um, I visited the United Kingdom in Epcot for the first store tour segment. Um, actually, we entered uh, through. Well, actually, let's just uh, remind people what uh, Store Tours is going to be all about. Well, Store Tours is going to be all about shopping all over property. Um, I plan on going to all four theme parks and resorts and downtown Disney, Um, specifically more unique stores. I'm going to kind of stay away from the typical souvenir stores because you guys all know about those, especially if you're return visitors. Um, I may eventually mention where the world of Disney and things like that are for first-time visitors, but I want to stick with unique and um, more memorable souvenirs not things that are typical mickey mouse so um we went on friday the day it stormed <laughs> we were all in the parks that day <laughs> yeah. and we did enter through the epcot resort area so that that way we were close to the uk and then once we came over um we went towards the back because we could hear the british invasion playing the beatles cover band and the first store that we went in was the toy soldier which kevin told me used to be an upscale adult clothing store but now it's more of a shop for children that actually has the kid cot fun stop there and eeyore was the character there that day correct yeah yeah but um it has a lot of medieval themed toys like swords and shields and dragons and they have like huge castle sets with knights which i thought was really cool for kids that are into that sort of thing Mm -hmm. maybe harry potter-esque um they also have real feather quills to write with so that's also something that's really neat 
they do have a little bit of your typical Disney stuff, like your pirate and princess gear and your typical stuffed animals, but it's very little of that. So if you're looking for something like that, you'll have to go somewhere else. And they also sell the policeman hats. Don't they call their policemen bobbies? Am I wrong about correct. that? So the correct. little bobby hats are all around, which is a cool gift for kids. Um, lots of books. Mostly books that had to do with any of the movies that were themed in England. But also things like Harry Potter, all the books in paperback, Wizardology, Dragonology, um, Mary Poppins and Peter Rabbit, the Velveteen Rabbit, of course, um, Maisie, who is a little mouse. You know, it's all kids' stories. Paddington Bear, of course. And they also had a few adult books, which um, caught my eye because I'm really into the Tudor family. <laughs> oh, okay. when you said adult, I'm like, what the heck were they saying? <laughs> Dog no, books? it was a, a book on Mary Queen of Scots, which oh, I plan to go oh. back and buy. <laughs> that's that's a great story, though. Yeah, it is. I see. But, I love that. I love that period in history. I me too. I'm totally obsessed with them. I read them all the time. Um, also, they have jelly cat stuffed animals, which I'd never heard of. Um, they're basically like yarn that look like to me like sock animals almost or sock puppets. And they also have a small section of Disney DVDs with Alice in Wonderland, of course, Sword in the Stone, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, and um, the Chronicles of Narnia, all your UK-themed movies. Right. Um, anything that I missed there? Not there. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. <laughs> um, then we visited the Crown and Crest next, which is what just the, right uh, next door. What are, what are the SKU numbers for all these items? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know about that. But everything seemed to be reasonably priced. The most expensive thing that, that I noticed was a stuffed animal. It was the Velveteen Rabbit stuffed animal. It was $25. It was a tiny one, too. Really? Yeah, it wasn't real big. And I was just thinking, man, that's a lot for a stuffed mm. animal. But maybe it's because he did feel like velvet. About eight inches high. <laughs> yeah. Maybe because was... they have to import it from England. Yeah, because, you know, I have never seen a velveteen rabbit stuffed animal. So maybe yeah, that is why. Might be. There's also some very high-end plush toys. I mean, gunned and stife, depending on what it was. They could be. They're, they're collectibles. Okay. So maybe that's what it was. But, um... Okay, yeah, so moving on to the next door. Um, the, crest and, the Crown and Crest, which is just the next door over. And as soon as you walk in, you know it's not a shop for kids because the first thing that you see are coasters with beer uh, labels on them and beer steins and mugs and shot glasses and everything. And everything has the crest for like either Scotland, Wales, England, or Ireland on them. And then um, they also have the Rose and Crown gear there, hats and T-shirts. Uh, the coolest thing that I saw there that Corey liked were the pub coasters. You can get 25 for $9 or 100 for $25. I thought that sounded like a pretty good deal. They also have books specifically on the U.K. and London, more touristy-type books, Shakespeare books, and also a great book on Henry VIII, I thought, anyway. It's about the last years of his life. And then also they have a lot of Beatles gear in this store, lunchboxes, T-shirts, books, um, sweatshirts, mostly for adults, I would say. There's no real kid gear in, in this store. And then they also have authentic swords, daggers, and knives from, like, you know, medieval times. I know it really interested Corey. You know, they're all behind a glass case, obviously. Okay. And it's a little walkthrough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't touch them. I'm just thinking of the uh, Gavin and Mason with the swords. <laughs> we did the plastic swords. And, and that was sword fights. And that, yeah, that was – that's not good. Right. And then after you come through there, you enter kind of a huge room that makes you feel like you're in a castle. And it's filled with family crests, like plaques, um, jewelry. You could also have them embroidered. Um, they have the little, you know, the little name plaques with what your name means and things like that. 
So I thought that was pretty neat. Um, if you are from that area or your family is from the UK, you know, you can find your family crest. So it's pretty neat. Um, the next shop was the Smart Sports. Sorry, I can't talk. <laughs> Sportsman's Shop. This is just all things rugby and soccer with a few um, golf things thrown in. All your books, clothes. Um, they also have the Beckham autobiography, which actually looked pretty good. I read the back of it. Um, if you're, you know, if you're a Beckham fan. I mean, at this point, is there anything you don't know about those two? <laughs> <laughs> and then specifically well, for those, he's got talent. Yeah, he does. He really does. They I mean, wouldn't have made a movie called Bend It Like Beckham if not, right? But also for well, the that ladies, actually had nothing to do with him. That yeah. was about an Indian family, an Indian, an Indian girl who wants. I to saw play the movie. It has oh. to do with soccer. Bend it, hence Bend It Like Beckham. Oh no, he's he's huge. He's huge yeah. in the UK. In this Europe. store, though, they have London-themed tees that I think are more specifically for women because obviously they have, like, rhinestones on them and, like, the British flag with London across it or whatever. Some of us wear rhinestones. Okay. So, if Peter, if you care to have one of those T-shirts, by all means, go out and buy it. <laughs> and they also sell Rose and Crown gear in the sportsman's shop as well. well and those Bob are the only two places. Bob bought the soap operas in a gay bar. <laughs> Okay. That I saw that sold the Rose and Crown gear because I didn't see where they sold it in the actual restaurant. Then we went across the street to the next section of shops, of course, and the first one was the tea caddy that we went in. And I personally like this store because I'm a big tea drinker. Um, it may have to do with the fact that my family is part English, <laughs> so I was raised drinking hot tea. They have different varieties of it's either Twinings or Twinnings tea, and all the accessories that go along with it, of course, like tea balls, infusers, and strainers. And the little tea ball is in the shape of Mickey's head. Yes. So I think that's really cool. I, I would have bought one, but I didn't. I actually have a list in my head of all the things I'm going to go back and get. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be the hard part yeah, for Corey. This is going to be tough. <laughs> He's lucky that I didn't have a lot of money in my bank account. <laughs> but also the, in the tea caddy, they have like all your native snacks, you know, the cookies and chips and chocolates that they possibly have in all their local stores in the UK, as well as cookbooks, teacups, saucers, pots, and mugs, of course. And the brand that I saw there was called Royal Albert, which I'm assuming is named after King Albert, Queen Victoria's husband, but I could be wrong. Wasn't he Prince Albert? Well, he was a prince because she was the actual heir Correct. to the throne, yeah. but he was her consort, they called him. So, And they also have the Mickey-themed teapots, of course. Um, moving into the next store is the Queen's Table, where they have your more upscale china. It's called Belek. It's fine Perian china made in Ireland. It's, it's Belek. Oh, With Belique. the shamrocks on it? Yes. <laughs> and it's all, you know, Irish-inspired, obviously, because it's made there. They have things with, like, the Irish marriage blessing, your clada also symbol on there, as well as the Irish blessing. And they also have several Christmas ornaments, which, and everything was rather expensive. The Christmas ornament that I picked up, a little four-leaf clover, it's like $35. <laughs> Belique oh is very high-end. It's, it's very high-end. It's Belique, yeah. Belique yeah. is very, it's, yeah. people collect that. Yeah, it's beautiful. Beautiful china. They also sell your native um, music and books there, mostly on Scotland, Ireland, and Wales. And um, your Welsh tartans and ties, as well as your Scottish tartans and ties, which basically, to me, would be a scarf. They also have one that was a Diana tartan, a Princess of Wales memorial. Um, it was in blue, white, red, and black. It was actually the prettiest one, I thought, Really, if I were to buy one. 
That was actually done after she she passed, and that was. Uh, I said, didn't I say memorial? Yeah, yeah. That was that was it, it wasn't. <laughs> that was done as a tribute to her, and all the money from that goes to her foundation. Yeah, we it said that on the little um, the little write up they had about it. They also sell Celtic costume jewelry here. This is your lower end, and one of the other stores they have some more higher end Celtic jewelry, and they also sell bagpipes in this store. That's it's what, called the magical bagpipe, and okay, it comes with like an instructional DVD and like all this stuff. I thought it was kind of neat. Imagine buying your child a bagpipe for your yeah, vacation. It sounds like you're torturing cats. Uh, this is the person. But see, I'm all these things are very. We go, we go through customs, and I got the person with a sword and a bagpipe <laughs> trying to get through the baggage claim. I mean, I found in all these stores, everything was unique. You know, you're not going to find this stuff in, in like in, in France or in Morocco or even in any of the other shops on property. So the last thing that was in the Queen's table that I thought uh, should be mentioned, they sell love spoons. And I don't know if you guys have seen these. But basically what they are is they're wooden spoons, and they have a heart carved in them, a keyhole, and a wheel at the top. And, of course, it is a spoon. Well, this goes back to medieval times. And if a suitor gave a lady a love spoon, um, if she accepted it, they became betrothed. And if not, then it was a sign of rejection among the country they people cheap, man. of they Wales. Just to give them a spoon. <laughs> Here, marry me. Well, wait till you hear what the spoon symbolizes. I uh, think it has a lot of, you know, it's lovely. The passcode to register to win a prize during Listener Appreciation Month is Love Spoon. Hence the love spoon. Well, um, the spoon indicates his desire to provide for her, obviously. And then the heart indicates his love for her. The keyhole means that he wishes to provide a home. And then the wheel means that he'll work for her. You know, the diamond <laughs> says the same thing. <laughs> okay. And if there were a chain attached to the spoon, the number of links in the chain symbolized the number of children that he wished to have with her. Uh-oh. So I thought that was rather funny. Again, you know, I think the carrot size of the diamond should indicate that. (laughs) Do you want six kids? I want six Six carrots. (laughs) Beachfront property. What's that? Beachfront property. Exactly. Well, I just thought, you know, people are always asking about romantic things to do or, you know, special gifts and things like that. I think the love spoon is a great idea for a couple who is recently engaged or about to become engaged, you know, you can give it to her with the ring. Yeah, with the ring. With the <laughs> ring. Instead of. Guys, Maybe you're... attaching the ring to the spoon. Ooh, there you I go. think that's a really neat idea. That if you're going to buy cool. this spoon, learn the story. Yeah. It tells you the story. They tell you the story on the little display. That's where I learned the story. So no worries there. Because if you show up with just a spoon, you're not going to be betrothed. <laughs> yeah. I think it might be shoved or up your you-know-what. <laughs> I'll give you a spoon. <laughs> oh, then the last store um, uh, that we visited was the Fancy. Did you know there were this many in there? I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> I get past the tea shop and I start to doze off. So, <laughs> <laughs> No, I had no idea there was I all this either. stuff in there. They're all kind of into So me. now you guys, um, no, I can see Peter's face. He well, looks a little bit excited. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, yeah. You, a couple of the stores you talked about, I'm like, I have, oh, I have This last store I think might be up your alley as well. Uh, fancy goods for lords and ladies. They sell a brand of what jewelry. What are you saying? No. <laughs> <laughs> fancy goats? Goods. Oh. oh man. Did you think she said goats? What are you saying to me? Oh, okay. Fancy goats. <laughs> like mirrors you goats and, you know, I don't know. Five-legged goat. <laughs> they, they sell a lot of uh, your higher-end 
products in this store. They have Kit Heath Celtic jewelry that's sterling silver, which is um, on display for you to touch and see. This is not mm, very expensive. But they have Kit Heath Heritage, which is in a glass case and is your more expensive. It's all Celtic inspired. They have the clada, all your Celtic imagery and symbols, of course. Really, really nice jewelry, I found. Um, as well as things for men, rings and cufflinks. Really? Uh-huh. All with your, your Celtic images and wow. symbols. Wow, really cool. Yeah, they are. Um, but what I didn't get is this is not made in the UK. All this jewelry is made in Thailand. And I just wanted to warn oh. you people that that was the one thing I found oh, that was not made in the UK. But there's another brand of Welsh jewelry called Quillam. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly or not, but it's all Celtic themed, sterling silver, as well as some other colored beads, and everything is $135 and under. So it's a little more expensive, but then you do have some pieces that are a little bit less. They also sell your fragrances and perfumes here. Um, every brand that they carry is made in London. So Miller Harris is one. Um, Asprey, which is the high-end perfumes, um, we didn't see anything under $80, I didn't think in that section and they also sell Burberry of course every scent that they make and David Beckham's new cologne Instinct I love Burberry Burberry is one of the best colognes out there really you know we smell the David Beckham Instinct just because you know we thought why not right (laughs) and it smelled really great actually see I never buy I I never buy a cologne cologne that's like see I wouldn't either like you know Michael Jordan has his and like all those other people I wouldn't but it smelled really good so he has his own cologne? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. They also have a, um, a clothing label together called Rock and Republic. Just and, of course, Britney, as a side note. Britney Spears' skank. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that new? <laughs> it smells like That's gutter. That's the name of the... <laughs> no, no, it's not. He's just teasing. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Bob oh, thought I was serious. <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess. And then um, Lulu Guinness sunglasses, which I'd never heard of. Um, 150 bucks for the one pair they had on display. Lulu yeah. Guinness is part of the Guinness family. Uh, yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I thought. I'm thinking, wow, she's just coming all around. Got the beer, the sunglasses now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she uh, needs both. <laughs> well, you know, she's, probably, she's well, you part of the, the family. Sun- she's getting something. You need the sunglasses if you have too much of the beer. That's true. Oh, you know? There you go. See? Uh, the last thing I wanna, uh, that I want to mention is the body care that they had there, which is what I was attracted to. Um, they carry Taylor of London, Woods of Windsor, and Feel Good Formulas Body Care, which most um, everything in that line, their packaging, it looks like old apothecary bottles. So I thought that was really neat. You know, kind of draws you to it. And also they sell Bronley, which was the more expensive brand. Um, all their perfumes were much more expensive than the Taylor of London and the Woods of Windsor, which you could get a bottle for like 20 bucks or 16 bucks. And the Bronnelly was more like 20 and 30 bucks. So just so you know, and all their scents were things like Rose, Phrygia, Forget-Me-Nots, Lavender, and Lily of the Valley. Your real natural scents. Uh, my favorite was uh, the Woods of Windsor Rose. It smelled excellent. Excellent. But that's, that's, that's it. I covered everything. That's great. You did cover um, everything. You I really didn't really didn't... want to go into prices too much because it would have been impossible to price everything. Yeah. And you, people start glazing over if you start like... Exactly. R- so I just want prices, to go over so. everything they offer. So, you know, if you're from the UK, you know, you heard something that you recognize, that's cool. And then if you aren't, you know, you can go and you can find out all these different things or shop and 
Whatever you want. I awesome. Hope, I hope everybody enjoys it. That was great. I want to mention just one more thing. Um, with the body care, it's everything from lotions, perfumes, powders, candles, all that stuff. But um, Corey took photos of most everything that I've talked about here, and so we'll have that up with the show notes, or right? Yep. Yes. Yeah, so that you can actually see some of these things that I've talked about, um, and sometimes you can even see the prices in some of the photos. But um, coming soon will be France. Awesome. That'll be the next segment. So you guys can look forward to that. Great. Well, thank you very much, Julie. Thank you. That was wonderful. All right, let's move on. And Kevin Close is going to give us his review of the Portobello Yacht Club over at Downtown Disney. How was it? Surprisingly, the best meal we've had on Disney property outside of Jico. Oh, my God. You're kidding. No. It was spectacular. That's exciting. Okay, and you know what? I think in of all the reviews you've done for us, this is the first time I've heard you use that word. Yes, I was about to say that. Um, I compare this to Jico. Uh, I compare it to Narcissus. I compare it to the Brown Derby. Mm. I'm not questioning the accuracy of your of your impressions, but is it possible this was a fluke? Well, we used to uh, visit the Portobello Yacht Club quite frequently, mm-hmm. and it went through a period where it was in a total slump. Yes, I remember Everything, that. It, it was always empty. You could walk in at any time of the day or night. Uh, I can tell you that we made an ADR to go there, and the restaurant was full the mm. night we were there. It seems that they have grabbed this by the, the harnesses or the reins, I think is the term i'm looking for and the menu is different there are some things on the menu that change uh, or stay the same there are some tried and true things however the menu changes every couple of weeks now and what we found was that this has really they've really stepped up the food was we walked in there um again looking for some place to go and i'm going to be honest with you we were looking for something easy Mm-hmm. It was one of those really hot days last week where no one really felt like walking into a park to do a review. Right. And this was one of those things, you know, we can park close, we can go in, we can get out. So this was sort of a last minute choice. We walked in expecting to come back with bad news because in the past this has been bad news. I think this was a surprise there were four of us for dinner and all four of us came out saying this was one of not only the best meals we've had on disney property recently this was one of the best meals we've had in orlando recently wow Mm. and and everything it wasn't like this was bad or that was bad everything from beginning to end was unbelievable including your service then well actually our service started out and she let us know right from the very beginning that she had just started and that she was, there were some things she wasn't familiar with. And that's always a warning sign to me. <laughs> I'm willing to give you the benefit of the doubt. We walked away from there thanking her, tipping her. Additionally, she was wonderful. Just wonderful. Um, we walked in. When you first walk in, you're greeted. They give you a card. That's your reservation card. And your reservation card has their signature dish printed on the back. It's a recipe. Uh When you sit down, you're brought uh, bread and butter and their roasted garlic. And roasted garlic is where they take whole cloves of garlic with a little olive oil and they bake them in the oven. And what happens to garlic is once it's baked to that temperature, Mm, it it mellows out. You don't Mm. get the real intense garlic flavor. It actually becomes sweet. It becomes sweet and it becomes paste-like. And this is a full bulb of garlic. So, I mean, you get a lot of it. And... Just spread on the bread. It's absolutely phenomenal. It's like butter. 
I saved butter. the butter. Re- it's, it's better than butter. <laughs> I saved the recipe, and I'm going to ask Corey when he puts up the notes or who, Pete, whoever does it, to put the recipe up so you can do this. It's really simple. Pete does it. Yes. Sorry, Corey. I give you credit for everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> the recipe is very simple. It's only a couple of ingredients, and it's not very difficult at all. I thought it was terrific. We sat down. There were four of us for dinner. And, again, when we go out, we don't order like we normally would when we go out to dinner. We order more food than we normally would. When four of us go out to dinner, we don't order four appetizers and four entrees and four desserts. We don't. That's a lot of food. We do when we go out. So when we do a restaurant review, so we can give you the broadest spectrum of what we had. Uh, In this... For this dinner, we started with the roasted caprese salad, which was roasted plum tomatoes, roasted peppers, mozzarella cheese, fried leeks, basil, and olive oil. We should have done this one first. I know. When I wasn't hungry. <laughs> oh, this is going to kill me. This is going to be devastating. It sounds... it. It's just, it sounds like a salad. It came out and it was spectacular. Roasted red peppers and tomatoes and mozzarella with a real fine balsamic glaze over the top. Just wonderful. We also had the Tuscan fondue. It's melted mozzarella and provolone cheese, garlic chips, and grilled croutons. Oh, stop it. Pete, Pete can we just make a reservation for this place right after yeah, right. <laughs> this was probably the least successful of all of our appetizers really only because it's the kind of thing that if you're you're dining with somebody that you're very very close to it's fine this cheese sets up pretty fast and this is not a dipping thing the minute it starts to cool you get this little dish of Hard cheese? No, rubber cement. Oh. And it was very, very tasty, and it was tremendous on the bread. However, it wasn't the kind of thing you can dip in. So if you're dining with people who are not, you're not very intimate with, mm-hmm. this is not the kind of thing you'd want to share with somebody who you know, you're just friends yeah. with. Because it involves fingers and knives and stretching cheese across the table. <laughs> it, was, it's, it was delicious. All and things I, think, I enjoy. <laughs> and we were there with family, so or it just, was... Everybody get one of one of their own. Right. <laughs> we watched the people at the table next to us. There seemed to be a convention in town, and there were four guys sitting at the table next to us. You could tell it looked like a, a computer convention of some sort. And the four guys ordered this appetizer, and you could tell that they were uncomfortable because it was your fork was in the dish, and your knife was in the dish, and your fingers were in the dish, trying to pull this cheese apart. Good, but just yeah, difficult. The waitress, uh, our server, told us that there was a special. There was a um, bruschetta appetizer. And on the menu, there is beef short rib bruschetta. Now, I I thought that sounded as an odd appetizer. Yeah, very odd. And what happened was she said they've paired that up with uh, plain bruschetta. And it was a special, and it was the same price pretty much as the regular appetizer listed on the menu. You got four servings of bruschetta, which was uh, Italian bread with the tomato and the olive oil and things on top of it. However, the short ribs, they took short ribs of beef, uh, flavored beef short rib with peppers, onions over grilled crostini and Parmesan cheese. And when they first brought it out, there were only two of them on the plate. And there were four of us. And the the four of us were on. There were four (laughs) servings of bruschetta, but there were only two of them with the the short ribs on it. I strongly recommend you get enough so that everybody gets their Mm -hmm. own. There were sparks. (laughs) This sucker was good. (laughs) Uh, Am I lying? No. 
fantastic. As a matter of fact, John cut one in half and he said, all right, I'll share this one with you. And I took a bite of it so I could talk about it. And I could tell he was sitting there eyeing it. Yeah. Like, you're not touching that. Come on, eat it. Are you going to eat it? Are you done? I said, do you really want this? He said, I really do. (laughs) This was good. I would go back and get this as an appetizer on my own. Mm. It was really delicious. We also had a bowl of the minestrone soup. Uh, Again, we travel with somebody with dietary restrictions. This was very mild. It had pasta and vegetables in it, not at all spicy. A wonderful bowl of soup. However, in relationship to the other appetizers, this was pale by comparison. Go for the other stuff if you can take the, the spices and stuff. Our entrees. Again, this changes weekly, mm-hmm. every two weeks. Um, there are some things that stay on there. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. Do they have any signature dis- dishes? Yeah, they do. One okay. of them, their signature dishes is farfalle with chicken. It's uh, sort of a bow tie pasta with asparagus and marinated chicken in a creamy, a creamy Parmesan sauce. This is something that's on the menu and has been for years. Okay. This is a huge serving of food, however. And it's delicious, Um, but it's a big serving. That stays on. Uh, John had the the filet portobello, correct? And Hmm. someone else had the rack of lamb. The rack of lamb was grilled, marinated rack of lamb chops served with garlic mashed potatoes, grilled vegetables, and pancetta, and a marsala reduction. Hmm. Oh. I have to wow. tell you now, I don't yeah. personally care for lamb. Neither do I, but that Marcel reduction sounds incredible. Yeah. This was delicious. And again, I don't. it's not that it was bad when I tell you that I don't care for it. The person who ate it thought it was the best thing he had ever had in his entire life. <laughs> Even though it's a rack of lamb, it's cut like tiny lamb chops. Mm. And it was the most tender lamb I've ever had in my life. Now, he ordered his medium well, and he said if he was going to do it again, he would order it medium this came out, it was a little too done, but still delicious. The people sitting at the table next to us got the... You got to share food with them? No, but they were they were nice enough to... Oh, we, okay. We were talking back and forth, and they got the... I can't find it. I'm sorry. They got the pork shank. This came out, it was like this mountain of food with this pork just falling off the bone. That's mm. the best kind of pork. I know. Oh, my gosh. This food was spectacular. I decided to go in a different direction, and I got the snapper, which was grilled filet of snapper uh, with fried baby artichokes, garlic, lemon, and white wine sauce. It was, I like snapper. It was wonderful. Oh. Just wonderful. Of all four entrees, John actually got the steak and said, I didn't win this time. He was the one who said mine was good, but everybody else's was better, and he usually goes for the beef entree. You get steak most of the time when y'all go out, do don't you? Steak is also a good judge of how good a restaurant is. Yeah, it's a good barometer. I will say this. The steak was fabulous. The steak was as good as the Brown Derby steak, and they did a nice portobello. Um, uh, sure. Sort of a... Like a demi-glass. Right. right, exactly, like a demi-glass on top. And it also came with tiny stuffed tomatoes. Like cherry tomatoes that no, were stuffed? like smaller tomatoes oh. with stuff. It was really good. Like the plum tomatoes? Awesome. That sounds good. It was it was like a plum tomato sliced the uh, long way. The long way? And then slices of it. Scooped out. It was really oh good. The, the meal, we all just sat there thinking, wow, we lucked mm-hmm. out. This was, mm. this was amazing. This was really good Italian food. Uh, this was luxury gourmet Italian food. This was not 
you know, mom and pop put the red sauce and the mozzarella cheese on top. This was really, really good stuff. Wow. And I'm, I'm, I, I got to tell you, I'm sitting here stunned. I think a lot of people pass it up. There I've always go. passed it up because the, the so couple times I yeah. had eaten there, it was terrible. I would definitely. But that was rec- several years ago. I would definitely recommend that you venture back in. First of all, it's easy parking. It's right there at Downtown Disney. It's usually one of those people places that people pass. Yeah, they're either with, heading to Fulton's or they're heading to Raglan Road. Right. Yeah. And this is, it's kind of in a nondescript building. I was about building. to say, it's yeah. kind of tucked away, though, the entrance. Yeah. It's towards, you know, the back of that uh, building. However, the, the decor is wonderful. I mean, it's done very well. It's not If you're looking over for one of those themed restaurants, this isn't it. This is themed like a restaurant. But you do have a nice view, though. Some mm-hmm. of the tables have a really nice view. They do, and there's an outside eating area. Uh, now we asked if this was in the dining plan. Portobello Yacht, no, excuse me, Portobello Yacht Club is not part of any dining plan. That's why it's so good. However, the Levy Brothers Restaurant they do have a sort of a frequent flyer program, <laughs> and you get a card. And if you um, sign up for their card, they take your email address and they assign you points for all the money that you spend. You're assigned points when you reach a certain point level, you're given a gift certificate to use in the restaurant. That's now, cool. you can also go online after you first your first visit, and you can print out double point coupons, hmm. so that when you go into the restaurant, whatever you spend, your points will be doubled, doubled, excuse me, I'm stumbling, your points will be doubled towards your rewards. Oh, we are so going there many So times. no annual pass holder discounts? No, well, there's no Disney Dining Experience discounts. There's no annual pass discounts. However, there is a DVC discount. There's a 20% DVC discount, which was terrific. Now, we also decided to stay for dessert. And at this point, we were... We had all those appetizers, and we had all those entrees. Now, one of the things that we remembered from the past was that they had a creme brulee. And it's a vanilla creme brulee, and they don't call it that now. They call it a vanilla cream. However, it's... They call it white chocolate custard, excuse me. However, it's white chocolate creme brulee with the the sugar um, melted on top. Absolutely, positively wonderful. John's not a creme brulee fan, so I'm not going to let him so talk I about love this. It. I love creme brulee. This has shaved white chocolate on the top oh, of it. Oh God. <laughs> I'm not a fan of creme brulee either, John. And white chocolate is just like you might as well be eating wax to me. I think it's just. And I love white chocolate too. Uh, let me put it this way: it was gone. Okay, <laughs> okay. it's okay that you didn't like it. However, <laughs> oh, too bad you don't like it, John. Really, exactly. <laughs> John ordered a chocolate paradiso, which is chocolate rich chocolate layer cake with chocolate ganache and toffee crunch. Mm. Now, I'm warning you: they drizzle the plate with a nondescript berry sauce, which wasn't tart enough. To be a counterpoint to the chocolate, it was just sort of cloying and sweet and annoying. So once we pushed that away, now it wasn't a huge part of the cake, but usually when they do that, it's a real tart raspberry sauce, and that counterpoints the chocolate really well. This didn't. This was just not good. So once we pushed that away, this was a deep, rich, moist chocolate cake, and they had crunched um, toffee. And that was on the back. That was the back frosting. That's tough to get. I was not hungry until you got start talking about all this. (laughs) I have to tell you, this was one of the best meals I've had in quite a while. Was Was it busy? Uh, The restaurant was full. Now again, there was there seemed to be a convention in town, and there were large tables of it looked like businessmen. 
that had come from a convention mm-hmm. and a lot of, you know, the Hilton across the right. street has a lot of mm-hmm. a big convention space. So there were a lot of tables that were taken up by large parties and you could tell that they, this party knew that party. This is a large restaurant inside though. This absorbs a lot of people. There's a bar area. Um, I, I have to tell you, I'm really high on this restaurant. I can't wait to go back. Price point? Very expensive. Very expensive. Very Pricey. Um, Narcusi pricing. Right. However, uh, ever worth it. Yeah. Appetizers running 11 to $14. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's up there. Entrees starting out at, you know... 16, 18, 20. The most expensive entree, I believe, was a lobster entree at $35. Desserts in the 7 to 8. Well, that was. um, But the rack of lamb is 32. Right. Of course. The spaghetti. How much was the steak? Uh, The filet portobello was. I'm sorry. The filet portobello was uh, $39.95. I apologize. Um, Now, John, was it a $40 steak? It actually was a $40 steak. Okay. It really was. It was a very good cut of meat. It was done perfectly. It had a great accompaniment to it. The the things that came with it were perfect. It was just in this type of atmosphere, I wish I would have ordered something a little bit Italian, more, Italian or more adventurous. Now, we have a, a word of advice um, for Disney patrons. Disney's going to hate me for saying this. We find that in any Disney restaurant you eat in, and I'm, I'm lumping this in with Disney restaurants because of its location, that if you order, while the server's standing there, you order your drink, you order your appetizer, and you order your entree. Now, we watched this happen to the table next to us. They got their drink, they got their appetizer, and within the beat of, I don't know, whatever that expression was going to be, very quickly after they ordered their appetizer, their meal came. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, I don't yeah. like that either. Biggest, biggest we have learned that... I make them recook it. Yeah. I right. make them recook the food. Exactly. And I that to me is, it's kind of an affront. Yeah. Yeah, it's like so, trying to turn our table. Right. We have learned that you order your appetizer, hang on to your menu. Mm-hmm. Once your appetizer has arrived... And the waiter comes back and says, how's everything? Then you say, now can I order my meal? We yeah. do the same thing, Kevin. That's the best way to control it. You really have to take control yeah. of it here yourself. We found that if you let, allow Disney to do it, they're going to turn your table over. Especially when your meal is is sort of a special meal and it's an event and it's expensive. Right. I don't want to be rushed through it. I don't want to be going, you know. The other thing is trying to balance the tables are not all that big. And... Once you pile all that food on the table, it stops being special, in my opinion. Yeah, it's kind it of like now, right? Yeah. Exactly. And then it becomes, you know, what should I eat first and fast mm-hmm. so that this is still hot and this is still right. tasty? Take control of your own ordering process. Again, the servers and the management at these restaurants, I'm sure, will hate me t- saying that, but you really have to take control of it yourself. Our meal, I for, I'm sorry, was two hundred dollars for four of us. Wow. So this is up there. And then there was a twenty percent DVC discount. But it sounds like it was well worth it. We've paid we paid one hundred and twenty dollars for mediocre Chinese food, and we paid one hundred and twenty dollars at Whispering Canyon Cafe and got stuff that was inedible. Mm-hmm. This was this was fine dining. Yeah. As a matter of fact, as we walked out, one of the members of our party said, "I feel like I've really been out to dinner. I didn't just go out to eat. I went out for a fine dinner." Well, how about what kind of environment is it for kids? Uh, is this an appropriate place to bring your kids, or would absolutely? You- it's family friendly. This restaurant is big enough that 
I don't know that they said anything to us, but they seemed to separate this out. There are several large dining areas, yeah. and they're divided. They're separated where you can see the other areas, but you're not close enough to be right on top of them. Yeah. So it seemed that they sort of... They do a lot of functions and things. Right, but they had like separated groups. the restaurant out so that you were... I don't want to put too fine a point on this. I'm not suggesting that they relegate kids to the back room. Right. We had kids in the dining area with us, as well as we had that large party of businessmen. Right. But it was very it was very well maintained. We had one party sit down, party of six, and I think they had three kids with them. They stayed to look at the menu and left. I mm. think they were scared by the pricing of yeah. it. Well, I definitely have to check it out now. Us too. Yeah. I think everybody is. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody is. Yeah, well. we might want to go now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we wanted to go about 10 minutes ago. So in my opinion, if you're looking for a fine dining thing, now this is out of the park. And again, if you're looking for that high level of theming where they're going to make fun of you while you eat or something like that, this is not the place. This is a fine dining establishment. It's sort of in an obscure location, and it's not a building you would normally even look at with all of the other architecture right. around. I think it's worth scoping out. I think it's worth looking for. Cool. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. That was a great review. And that's going to do it for our show this week, folks. We're also uh, got our uh, special email show this week. We're playing um, a lot of the voicemails that we've received uh, over the last couple of weeks. So you're not going to want to miss that. And uh, we'll be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.